0: How's it going, folks? How's it going? I'm Brother Matthew, and welcome to Christian Coffee Time. We sit down together to study the Word of God. And here we have another broadcast, and in this one we're going to be discussing, according to the Bible, who is Jesus? So this is an important study, and as I put in the description, actually, uh, this is a question of so many uh, from all around the world, of many different belief systems, from atheists to Catholics to Muslims to Hindus, everybody, even a lot of uh, professing Christians have trouble with this topic. Many get confused on it, and, and there's many that teach uh, teach against what we're going to be discussing today. And that is, is Jesus God? We're going to see you only the Bible. We're not going to be bringing in catechisms, creeds, councils, commentaries, philosophies, um, any other forms of reasonings, uh, logic of other uh, ideologies or whatever. We're only going to look at the Bible and only from Scripture can we see the identity of Jesus. Because if if Jesus is God, that changes everything. And vice versa, likewise, if Jesus is not God, well, we've also got a big problem that changes everything. So this is a very important question. Because the, the idea as well, the understanding that if Jesus is not God, then our salvation, our gospel is false. But if Jesus is God, then that means every single other belief system in the entirety of the world is wrong. So this is a rather big question. This has a lot of, uh, a lot of problems that, that go with this, uh, depending on which way you look at it. So now, let's take a look. Now, we do see in the Bible lots of passages, lots of scripture that talk about the works of Christ, things that he said and did and whatever. We're we're commonly, Muslims will ask a question of, where does Jesus say explicitly, I am God, worship me? Well, does he have to use those exact specific words? Are there other ways that you could say that? Without using those specific words. Did Jesus anywhere in the Bible. Proclaim in any manner. Very clearly his divinity. The words, actions, teachings, something. We're going to take a look at that. I have a ton of scripture here. We're going to be going through very carefully. Well, the first one I want to start with here is Hebrews chapter 2, verse 16. Now, this is where Jehovah's Witnesses will start running for the door. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 16. Talking about Jesus, when, when Jesus uh, came, it's in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 16. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Verily, he took not on him the nature of angels. But he took on him the seed of Abraham. So what is Hebrews chapter 2 verse 16 specifically saying? He's not an angel. Jesus is not an angel. He didn't take on the nature of angels. He's not an angel in any way, shape, or form. But he took on him the seed of Abraham, meaning he was born uh, of the line lineage, uh, of lineage of Abraham, of the Jews, of Israel. He was born as a person. Okay, so we see a difference here. Now we're going to be talking about the difference between the body and the spirit. We're going to be seeing who Jesus is. Okay, so to talk about the coming of Christ, of his arrival, we got to go back to the Old Testament to the prophets. Let's go back, let's start. With the prophets, and we're gonna work our way up. Okay, so let's go back to the book Isaiah. We're gonna build up a whole argument, and then I got a whole slew of scriptures that we're gonna be going through. We're gonna take our time here. Generally, I just rip right through this whole message, but I'm gonna back up, slow down. We're gonna go through this very slowly, very carefully. Okay, so Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore. The Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah 7, 14. What does this say? Isaiah 7, 14. Okay, about the virgin birth. We'll touch on that in a second. The virgin birth. She'll bear a son. She'll have, she'll have a son, not a daughter, she'll have a son, He'll call his name Emmanuel. Now his name. Now this is just like go over to Isaiah nine six, and his names shall be wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Okay, so names. These are names, titles, depicting who he is. Titles of person, who he is. Emmanuel means God with us. When you translate Emmanuel, the meaning of Emmanuel means God with us. So God with us. God will be with us. Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, meaning he'll have all power, all authority, all rulership, the government be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the mighty God, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, Almighty God, come down, Almighty God, come down, the Prince of Peace. So now, uh, sorry, what are you referring to here? So Jesus comes, he says. My brother doesn't believe in Jesus But God said He can't it anyway. I'll show him this broadcast when we're done Maybe it might change his mind So just go only Scripture alone, so using only these verses So now I pose you a question We got a ton More scriptures to look at But my point is I'd like to just ask you first How many Bible Verses Does it take to prove a point without question how many times do you have to show a bible verse to prove something to prove a point without question how many does it take well we got a whole bunch let's take a look okay the everlasting father the prince of peace okay so now we're talking about the virgin a lot of people say well no Mary, it, it, virgin just means young woman, young maiden, that kind of thing. Well, let's defend Mary just for a second to show the divine conception. we will go to Jeremiah uh, 31, 22. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 22. How long wilt thou go about, O thou backsliding daughter? For the Lord hath created a new thing in the earth. The Lord hath created a new thing in the earth. A woman shall compass a man. What does that mean? A woman shall compass a man. That, that says right there, Jeremiah thirty-one twenty-two. a woman shall compass a man, meaning bypass, go around, without the natural use of the man, that, that a child will be born of a young woman who is virgin, Virgin, virgin is what that means. She knew not a man. Divine conception. So Jeremiah 31, 22 proves divine conception. So the Lord himself will come down, spark life in the womb of Mary, and she'll give birth to a baby boy who will be called Emmanuel, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the wonderful, the counselor, the prince of peace. All right. This is just a few verses of the Old Testament. We haven't even gotten to the rest of the Bible yet. All right, so let's go over to the book of Micah. Let's go over to Micah. Micah chapter 5, verse 2. Okay, so we see, we see the arrival of the virgin birth. We see the identity, mighty God. Now, location, location. Location now is Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But thou, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel. The government shall be upon his shoulders. There shall be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. Whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. What does that mean? Okay, Old Testament written in Hebrew, New Testament written in Greek. So for for uh for Micah in the Old Testament, you go to the Hebrew, and if you look up the actual Hebrew translation of Micah 5, 2, what this, this phrase here goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. That actually means in the Hebrew, always existing one. Equivalent to saying the I am Yahweh, Jehovah, almighty God. So Micah 5.2, the prophet Micah is saying the always existing one, God will be born in Bethlehem. That's what Micah 5.2 says. Okay. That's interesting. So he'll be born of a virgin. He'll be called the mighty God. He'll be born in Bethlehem. Okay. Now, if you go over to Isaiah chapter 53, you even get a lot more talking about now this one that will come will come for the sins of the world. And he'll be put death for our sins. By his stripes we are healed. Uh, he'll be Put to death uh, as with the criminals, he'll be buried with the rich, Joseph Arimathea's tomb, and his days will be prolonged, meaning he'll be resurrected. Okay, so you put all that together, who who is this speaking about? All right, let's continue. Okay, so we see Isaiah 7.14, Isaiah 9.6, Micah 5.2, Jeremiah 31.22, Isaiah 53 is really painting a picture here of the individual, this man that will be born. Virgin woman by divine conception in Bethlehem will be called the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the always existing One. Who is that? Let's take a look. For that, let's go over to the Gospel of John. Let's go over to the Gospel of John. Now, in the Gospel of John, we see a ton, an absolute ton. I mean, every single chapter that we went through and we did our Gospel of John series, every single chapter is just chocked full of proofs of the person of Jesus Christ. It's incredible. I just want to pull out a couple here. In the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 14. Okay? Verse 1 and verse 14. In the beginning was the Word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. The word was God. The word was God. Really? hammer that one? Down. The word was God. Verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Who is that? And we beheld his glory, the glories of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth first timothy 316 first timothy 316 god was manifest in the flesh first timothy 316 all right now if we actually go over to the gospel of john chapter 4 gospel of john chapter 4 we see jesus talking with the samaritan woman at the well now Keep in mind all of the prophecies, Isaiah 7:14, Isaiah 9:6, Micah 5.2, Jeremiah 31.22, Isaiah 53. Uh, of all what this is all about and what we built up so far. Still got a ton more to go. Now, if we go to the Gospel of John, chapter 4, we want verses 25 and 26. Okay? Gospel of John chapter 4, verses 25-26. The woman saith to him, the Samaritan woman at the well, that Jesus is talking to her, evangelizing to her, telling her about the faith. And the, and the woman says unto him, I know that Messiah comes. Okay, we we'll just hold on. What does Messiah mean? The Messiah is the anointed one, the promised one, the Christ, the one of the prophets. The one of the prophets. The one that all the prophets are talking about. So the Christ Messiah that was promised, that will be born of the Virgin, born of Bethlehem, will save his people from the sins, called the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Always Existing One. The woman says, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Where does Jesus claim to be God? Well, how big your notebook? Okay, so we see in verse 26, Jesus flat out says right there a declaration. I am the Christ Messiah. What does Christ mean? Well, Christ is a title term that is given to this individual That the prophets are speaking about who'll be born of a virgin, born in Bethlehem, called the mighty God, Emmanuel, God with us, everlasting father, the always existing one. Jesus says, that's me. I am the Christ Messiah. I am Emmanuel, God with us. I am the mighty God. I am the everlasting father. I am the always existing one that was born of the virgin, born in Bethlehem, who will die for your sins and be resurrected. Jesus says right there, verse 26, that is me. But but wait, there's more. A lot more. Okay. Now, if we just do a quick overview of the Gospels, just pull out some of the specific things that really emphasize this argument. Jesus in the Gospels said, In his name cast out devils. Now, can you cast out devils in the name of angels? Can you cast out devils in the name of prophets? No. Can you cast out devils in the name of holy men and preachers? No. You cast out devils in the name of God. Jesus said, in my name, cast out devils. Also, if you go over to Matthew chapter 4, go over to Matthew chapter 4. This is a really interesting chapter. It's the temptation in the wilderness, okay? Now, this one, I really like. Like to point this one out to people like Jehovah's Witnesses, in yeah, the temptation in the wilderness. And you pair this with the Book of Jude, which we'll reference in a second. <clears throat> now, in Matthew chapter four, Jesus is uh, uh, going through the wilderness and fasting. He fasted for forty days, and then Satan comes and is tempting Jesus, the great temptation in the wilderness in Matthew chapter four. Now, Satan says, "If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread." Okay, the first thing that people don't understand, you might want to write this one down, is the very term Son of God is commonly misunderstood. Do you know what Son of God means? Son of God means God the Son. But you didn't know that. Okay, but we, I, I digress. But he answers that it is written... It is written, it is written, it is written. Every time the devil, the devil tried to tempt him, he threw in, it is written. But Jesus goes and says something else really interesting. Okay, can I ask a question of you folks? Put it in the comments. This is a very simple question. But in the temptation of the wilderness, who specifically is Satan tempting? Who is Satan tempting? Answer that. Jesus, yes, okay. Verse seven, Matthew chapter four, verse seven. Satan is tempting Jesus. Satan is tempting Jesus. Jesus says in Matthew four seven, it is written. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Hold up. Satan is tempting Jesus. Jesus says it is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Um, Matthew chapter 4, verse 7, Jesus claims to be the Lord God. Would you not agree? what it says. Open your Bible. Take a look. Matthew 4, 7. It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Satan is tempting Jesus. Jesus claims to be Lord God. But wait. There's more. So we see again, Jesus rebuking Satan. Where can angels rebuke devils? Well, Go over to the book of Jude, where it talks about when Michael the archangel was disputing with Satan about the body of Moses. And Michael dared not to bring, dared not bring a railing accusation against the devil but said, the Lord rebuke you. Michael the archangel could not rebuke Satan dared not, dared not bring a railing accusation against the devil, but said, the Lord rebuked you. So Michael, the archangel, in all of his power, in all of his office, it could not, in his name, his power, his office, rebuke the devil. He had to step back and say, the Lord rebuke you. But Jesus rebuked the devil. Jesus rebuked Satan multiple, 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 multiple times. So Jesus isn't Michael. Jesus is not Michael the Archangel. Michael the Archangel is less powerful than Satan. Stick that one in your theological pipe and smoke that for a second. Michael the Archangel. Michael the Archangel is less powerful than Satan. Yep. Think about that one. Furthermore. Furthermore. We also see Jesus forgiving sins. Can angels, prophets, or holy men forgive sins? Jesus forgave the sins of the crippled man, the woman caught in adultery, and Mary who washed his feet with tears. Jesus specifically forgave the personal sins of these three people. Can angels, prophets, or holy men forgive sins? No, Jesus did. To the point, where even the Pharisee says, "Who is this one that doth forgive sins?" There's none that can forgive sins but God. Oh, the Michael one that's in the book of Jude. Actually, let me give me a second. I'll, I'll pull that one. Uh, that's in Jude verse, starting in verse nine. Verse nine. Yeah, this is Jude verse nine. Okay. So, we go down, Jesus forgiving sins. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus accepting worship. Now, this one is really powerful. You go over to Matthew, the book of Matthew. And we want to go down to verse 9. Okay, This is after the resurrection. Now, I'm going to mention a whole bunch of others, but bear with me one second. In Matthew chapter 28, now this is the one I love to bring up because Muslims and those kinds of people say, where, does, where where in the Bible does Jesus say, I am God, worship me? Okay, well, if you go throughout the New Testament and even in the Old Testament, you'll see tons and tons and tons and tons, and tons of verses proving that Jesus is God. But where does he say, worship me? <laughs> Matthew 28, verse 9. <laughs> Matthew 28, verse 9. This is after the resurrection. Jesus is showing himself unto the disciples. Matthew 28, verse 9, And as they went to tell his disciples, Behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. All hail. Okay, think about this. When Jesus stands in front of you, holds out his hands and says, All hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Jesus met them saying, all hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshiped him. So where does Jesus say, worship me? Matthew 28, verse 9. But uh, Exodus chapter 20, thou shalt worship only the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. We well, see the disciples falling down worship, worshiping him. The lepers, the blind men, the centurion. Uh, Mary who washes feet with tears and we see uh, the wise men were filled with great joy fell down and worshiped him Thomas after the resurrection Jesus met Thomas Thomas behold my hands and my side be not faithless but believing in Thomas says my Lord and my God and fell down and worship him Multiple 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 times throughout the New Testament we see people worshiping Jesus So the devil, so Satan is stronger than the archangels, yes. Satan, Lucifer, Lucifer was the highest created being of all created beings. He was the top number one cherubim, the guardian of God's holiness. He was filled with pride of his power and his office and his position. And that's when he went and, and fell in sin and the great rebellion all this. That, the, that Michael the archangel, is only one archangel, there are multiple archangels, only one. Michael the archangel is a less lesser powerful creative being than Lucifer. Lucifer is a higher creative being than Michael, yes. Okay, so we see in Matthew 28, verse 9, Jesus met them saying, all hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Uh, the Thomas one, uh, I'll get to that. I'm just doing quick references and I have the references, I'll be... Mentioning them, don't worry. But that's in Matthew, no, John 20 I'll get to that in a moment. All right, so in other points I want to make, and then we'll get down to all the verses I'll be piling on. Okay, in John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Uh, verses 17 and 18. John chapter 10, verses 17 and 18. Jesus says, therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received in my Father. Jesus says, I have power to lay down my life and take it up again. A personal power claim over life and death. Personal power claim over life and death. Angels, prophets, holy men, even the devils do not have power over life and death. Only God does. Jesus says, I have power to lay down my life, to go into death, and to bring myself back from the dead. No, not even the other gods of other religions can do that. Jesus says he has power to lay down his life and raise himself from the dead. Personal power over life and death. John chapter 10, verses 27 and 28. John chapter 10, verses 27 and 28. Jesus says... My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Verse 28. And I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. We're held in his hand. I and my Father are one. I give unto them eternal life. Angels, prophets, and holy men. Cannot give you everlasting life. Only God can. Mary can't either. Mary's not God. Mary doesn't atone for you. Mary's not the redemptress. Mary doesn't intercede for you. First Timothy two five. Uh, uh, we see in First John two one. Jesus is the Advocate and the mediator, not Mary. Jesus is the Redeemer, not Mary. Mary's not the Grand Redemptress. Jesus says, "I give unto you. I give unto them eternal life." Okay. Now, let's get over to a very powerful one. No, they're all powerful. but This one is just, this is a standalone. All right, John chapter 8, okay? John chapter 8, verse 24. John chapter 8, verse 24. Jesus says, John 8, 24, I said therefore unto you, that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am, ye shall die in your sins. Okay, so let's just do some explanation here. Now you'll notice I did not say the word he. Now why is that? Well, in your Bible, if you look in your Bible, the word he in John eight twenty four should be italicized. Okay, so italicized. Italicized words if you go back to uh, when they were translating the Bible into common English from the Greek and the Hebrew and the other manuscripts, that, that, that a, a direct immediate translation from Greek and Hebrew, will leave it with a bit of broken English, and the narrative will be kind of broken a bit. So they actually, they actually fitted in words to help with the flow of the narrative, but the words that they added, they italicized. So you know which were the added words. Because if you actually go back to the Koine Greek of John eight twenty four, the word he is not there, but rather it says, "For uh, for if you believe not that ego me I am ego me is the Koine Greek of I am. If you believe not that I am ego me, you shall die in your sins. Ego me e g o e i m i means in the Koine Greek." the always existing one almighty god jesus flat out says in john 8:24 if you do not believe that i'm the almighty god the always existing one you will die in your sins therefore jesus is saying in john 8:24 it is a mandatory requirement to believe in the divinity of jesus christ for your salvation To the study, folks. John eight twenty four. If you believe not that I am ego the always existing one, equivalent to I am Yahweh Jehovah and the Almighty God, if you do not believe this, you will die in your sins. There you go, folks. We could wrap it up right there, but we're <laughs> not. We got a lot more. So Jesus flat out explained in John eight twenty four that He is the I am. The same I am that spoke to Moses out of the burning bush. And Moses says, but if I tell them the God of their fathers hath sent me, they'll say, what is his name? Whom shall I say hath sent me? And God says, tell them I am hath sent you. Thus shalt thou say unto them, I am that I am. I am hath sent you. Jesus says, if you do not believe that I am, you'll die in your sins. And if you go over to verse 58, John eight fifty-eight, John eight fifty-eight. Jesus says to them, "Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am." And then they took up stones to cast at him. Why? Well, you don't get stoned for claiming to be an angel. You don't get stoned for being for claiming to be a prophet. You don't get stoned for claiming to be a holy man. You are stoned for claiming to be God. Even the Pharisees and all the people there understood flat out what jesus was claiming there in john eight fifty eight and john eight twenty four. they understood fully well that jesus was claiming to be the god of their fathers and they picked up stones to stone him for blasphemy and later on we see at the at the at the trial before the sanhedrin they say are you the christ are you the messiah and jesus says i am Claiming the name of God and the high priest tore his shirt saying this is blasphemy because they understood that Jesus claimed to be God again. It's blasphemy to call yourself an angel. It's not blasphemy to call yourself a prophet. It's not blasphemy to call yourself a holy man. It's blasphemy to call yourself God. But wait, there is more. Okay, so again. Jesus flat out explains in John 8, 24 and 58 that he is the I am, which in the Greek is egoimi, which means the always existing one, the same as Micah 5, 2, the one whose ways are of old, of everlasting. The always existing one. And the Pharisees knew this and tried to stone Jesus for blasphemy, for calling himself God. All right. So here we go. Additionally, we also see in the Word of God tons of other, mes- uh, uh, other messages, passages denoting these kinds of things. Let's go back to John chapter 1 again. John chapter 1. In John chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, and then verse 14 again. Verses 1 to 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word is with God, and the Word was God. The same as in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. So the Word that created all things, Genesis 1.1, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. How? By speaking. The Word, which is God, that created all things. Verse 14, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld Him. So what's this saying? Almighty Creator God came down in the flesh. Let's go over to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. Verse 2. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2 hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Hebrews 1 2 confirms this, that the Son, the Word, which is God, that created all things, made everything, made the worlds. This is Psalm chapter 8 verse 3, Jude chapter 1 verse 13 are also in reference to this, also correlate with this. Hebrews 11 verse 3, Hebrews 11 verse 3. Through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. The word, which is God, became flesh and built among us. Through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. Hebrews 11.3. Colossians 1.16. Colossians 1.16. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things are created by him and for him. Who created all things? The Word, which is God, that became flesh and dwelt among us. You see that? First Timothy, three sixteen. First Timothy, chapter three, verse sixteen. Look what it says. Look what it flat out says. First Timothy, chapter three, verse sixteen. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh justified in the spirit seen of angels preached unto the gentiles believed on in the world received up into glory god was manifested in the flesh first timothy 316 first timothy chapter 4 verse 10 go to the next chapter chapter 4 verse 10 for therefore we both labor and suffer reproach Because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. Who's the Savior? The living God, who is the Savior of all men. Now, here's here's an interesting one. We go to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Now, everyone, pretty much everyone knows this verse. You know this one, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. You know that verse? Did you know that that verse of the context of that verse is actually repeated three times in the Bible? It's really interesting. If you actually find the correlation of each of these verses. Philippians chapter 2, verses 10 to 11. Philippians chapter 2, verses 10 to 11. Now, pay attention very carefully to the specific words. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. OK. Now let's look at the other ones uh, other times that this verse is actually mentioned. Now we go to Romans chapter 14, verse 11, Romans chapter 14. Verse 11, for it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. Wait a minute. I thought, I thought Philippians says that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to, to the glory of God the Father. True. But let's look at the last one. Number three, Isaiah 45. Isaiah chapter 45, and we went verses 22 to 23. Isaiah 45, verses 22 to 23. Look unto me, and be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else. I have sworn by myself, the word is gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return, that unto me every knee shall bow. I am God. I am God. That unto me every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear. That the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear. I am God. That unto me every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear. God Almighty says flat out in his word, Correlating with Philippians chapter 2, that Jesus is God, will bow to him and confess to him. You see that? Isaiah 45, verse 22 and 23. I am God. Unto me every knee will bow and every tongue shall swear. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall, shall bow and every tongue shall swear. What is this saying? But wait, there's more. 2 Corinthians, chapter 5. 2 Corinthians, chapter 5. We want verse 19. 2 Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 19. Now, in 2 Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 19. To wit that God was in Christ. Who hath rec- uh, God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. God was in Christ. Okay, what did Jesus say? I am in the Father, the Father in me, I and the Father are one. Okay, so let's actually take this, God was in Christ, and hold that, go over to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. And we want verses 8 and 9. Colossians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. So the context here is about Jesus Christ, okay? Now after Christ, verse 9. For in him, Jesus Christ, in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. What is the fullness of the Godhead? 1 John chapter 5, verse 7. 1 John 5, 7. 1 John 5, 7. For there are three that bear record in heaven. To bear record means to illustrate, to show the nature of the person, of the, the characteristics of to bear record. For there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. What did Jesus say? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Isaiah 9, 6. And his name shall be called the mighty God, the everlasting Father. I am in the Father, the Father in me. I and the Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Okay, there's one. The Word, which is God, that was made flesh and dwelt uh, dwelt among us. There's two. And Jesus breathed upon his disciples the Holy Spirit. He says, Receive ye my spirit. And he breathed upon them the Holy Ghost. The fullness of the Godhead in the person of Jesus, who forgives sins, raises the dead, rebukes the devil, uh, uh, receives worship. Claims the names of God. Okay. Now we we'll go down to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. And we want verse 28. Acts chapter 20. Verse 28. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. To feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Acts 2028 20, flat out says, God purchased the church with his own blood. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought God was spirit, and no man hath seen God at any time and lived. True, no man has seen God any time and lived. But what did God do? Philippians chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2. Well, as Kirk has heard me go through this many times before. He knows exactly where I'm going. Philippians chapter 2. Yes, thank you so much, Kirk, for throwing all these in. Awesome. God bless you. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 8. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 8. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, who being in the form of God, God's form, who being in the form of God, Thought it not robbery to be equal with God, are angels, prophets, or holy men equal with God? No. Nope. We, we thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, who? Christ, which is what? The Spirit of God. God come down, was found in fashion as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. That the God is spirit and those that worship him is worshiping in spirit and in truth. And no man is in God at any time and lives. So he created a veil covering for himself. Like the burning bush. The pillar of cloud. The pillar of fire. The Shekinah glory cloud. Were the veil coverings to cover the form of God. Because you can't look upon the spirit of God as he is. The body of Jesus was the form that God fashioned For Himself, see that. Do you see that? He humbled Himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. God purchased the church with His own blood, the body of God, God's own body that He made for Himself was the body of Jesus. Jesus is God's own body the begotten Son of God, God's own body. The God sparked life in Mary, fashioned a body for himself, and it dwelt this body as his spirit is the spirit of the body. I am in the Father, the Father in me. What, 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 did, uh, what did the disciples say? Master, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. It's, uh, Philip says, Master, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. And Jesus says to Philip, How long have I been with you, Philip, and you do not yet know me? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and the Father are one. John chapter 20. John chapter 20. I want verses 28 and 29. This is after the resurrection. After the resurrection, Jesus is showing himself to all his disciples. He appears in the upper room. The disciples see him, and they're all rejoicing, except Thomas is not there. And then Jesus disappears. Thomas shows up and says, Jesus is resurrected, and he doesn't believe. He says, unless I see the nail prints in his hands and put my hand and the spear all on his side, I will not believe. And then a few days later, Jesus shows up, and and what does he say to Thomas? And after eight days, again, okay, verse 26, John chapter 20, verse 26. And after eight days again, his disciples were, were within, and Thomas being with them, then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and, be, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. Verse 28. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. Now, if you said that to angels, prophets, or holy men, they would reject that. They would resist that. They would deny that. They refuse worship. They refuse veneration. They refuse any form of deity claim. But Jesus, Thomas said, My Lord and my God, Jesus, verse twenty nine, and Jesus said to him, Thomas, because thou seest me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. He blessed it. He didn't deny it. He didn't reject it. He acknowledged it. And let's go down. Finally, actually, no, we'll, we'll save that one. Let's go over to Mark. Mark. Now, a lot of people, a lot of people have trouble with this one. Muslims, mm. and atheists, and those kinds of people love to use Mark ten eighteen to try to deny the deity of Jesus Christ. They cherry pick this and pull it out of context, and they don't understand what's, what's going on here. About when the uh, rich young ruler comes running up to Jesus. Mark chapter 10, and we want verses 17 and 18. Mark chapter 10, verses 17 and 18. Okay, so Jesus is going around preaching and teaching and healing. And verse 17, Mark 10, 17. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life. Okay, so there's a couple things here. Goodness. What shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Okay. What did Jesus say prior in John 8 24? John 8.24, unless you believe what? Unless you understand what? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shall be saved. Jesus the Christ, which is the mighty God, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Okay. Verse 18, Jesus saith him, why callest thou me good? So Jesus is addressing the first thing about goodness. Now, what does the word of God say? There is none that doeth good, no, not one. All are fallen away. All are become corrupt. All of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. All are condemned. All all, all, all need to be saved. All of our sins have separated us from God, right? So that in all the world, there's none that doeth good, no, not one, right? Why callest thou me good? There's none good but one that is God. People say, see, see, Jesus is saying he's not God. Hold up. All are falling away. Okay, now pair all of the previous verses I've ever mentioned about the deity of Jesus. Christ. Pair it all together. Go back to the prophets in the Old Testament. The prophecies of the Christ Messiah. Who is Jesus according to the word of God? God. Jesus is God. God Almighty manifests in the flesh. For there's none good but one in all the world. There's none good. All are falling away. There's none that doeth good. No, not one. There's There's none good but one in the world at that moment. That is God. Jesus in Mark 10, 18 is claiming to be God, the only one with any good in the whole world. Mark 10:18 But wait, there's one more. One more. First John. First John chapter 5. Verse 20. First John chapter 5 verse 20. And we know that the Son of God is come, and hath given us an understanding, that we may know Him that is true, and we are in Him that is true. Even in His Son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God and eternal life. 1 John 5.20, flat out says, Jesus Christ is the true God and eternal life. This is the true God and eternal life, Jesus Christ. So according to the word of God, using only the Bible, no catechisms, councils, commentaries, No other books and philosophies and and logic and reasonings and ideologies and feelings and whatever else. Using only the Bible. I ask you folks. I, I give you this. I present this case. I show you the scriptural evidence of the Bible only all alone. You tell me. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Now, why is this so important? Well, with that understanding that Jesus is the Christ... The Messiah, the promised one, the one of the prophets, the anointed one, the one that's born of a virgin, born in Bethlehem, called Emmanuel, the mighty God, everlasting father, the one whose ways are bold of everlasting God almighty, the I am, manifested in the flesh, the word which is God that became flesh and dwelt among us, the only true God and eternal life. Okay. Now, I would like you just to step back for a second. And I would like you to think very carefully. Every single other belief system of the entire world, other than true born again Christianity, rejects the deity of Jesus Christ, reduces the sovereignty of his divinity. Makes him something other than what the Bible flat out says. They either make him a, an ascended master, just some holy man, or he doesn't even exist, or an angel, or a sub, a sub little demigod, or, or some incompetent little baby who needs his mommy because his mommy does all the saving and all the work. They, they somehow strip him of his deity. But what did Jesus say? John 8:24 What did Jesus say in John 8:24 If you don't believe that I am egoimi, the always existing one, the almighty God. If you don't believe that I'm the almighty God, you will die in your sins. What does that then denote? So What does that say about every single other belief system of the entire world? If you believe their doctrines, you will go to hell. If you reject the deity of Jesus Christ, you will die in your sins and you will go to hell. There is no salvation in any other way. You You cannot, cannot find salvation and any single other belief system of the entire world. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. So Jesus goes on to say, no man comes unto the Father but by me. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I am in the Father, the Father in me, I and the Father are one. So Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You can't come to me. You can't be saved by me. You can't be held by me. You can't be forgiven by me. Unless you go through me and me alone, Jesus says. That's why many in that day will cry, Lord, Lord. But He say, but I don't know you. Which Jesus are you believing in? If you're Jesus, it's not the Jesus, the Bible, the almighty God, sovereign Lord, God supreme, the Almighty, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the Wonderful, the Counselor of the Emmanuel, the One whose ways are of old, even of everlasting, the only true God in eternal life. Your Jesus, not this Jesus. Your Jesus is a devil and not God. That's what the Bible says. For there are many that call themselves Christ, many false prophets, false Christs, who deceive many. They will deceive all, many people. Broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many are deceived thereby. Acts 10.43, to him gave all the prophets witness, that through his name we receive forgiveness of sins. Redemption, through his name, the name of Jesus, the scripture, Jesus the Christ. Christ isn't Jesus' last name. Christ is a title depicting who he is. Jesus is the Christ. That Christ is the Messiah, the promised one, the anointed one, the one of the prophets, the mighty God. Jesus says, I who speak unto thee, am he, he said to the Samaritan woman, when she says, we know that when Messiah comes, which is called Christ, he'll teach us all things. And Jesus says, I the speak unto thee, am he. Anyone trying to tell you that Jesus is not God is a false prophet. Anyone trying to tell you that Jesus isn't God, Jesus isn't isn't. Divine Jesus isn't the Lord God of Scripture. That's a liar, a false prophet, deceived by devils, trying to deceive you by a gospel of hell. What does the Bible say? What do the Scripture say? The Scriptures say, the Bible says, God says, the Holy Word of God says, the Word which is above His very name, His Word which is preserved unto all generations. Though the grass withers, the flowers fade. My word will stand forever. My word is above my very name. His word is preserved to all generations. His word says Jesus is God. That's what the word of God says. So who do you believe in? Who is your Jesus? If if you're just hearing this for the first time and you've never really fully understood this, you're just getting it now, you're seeing this, and it's shocking you, and you're surprised by this, what do you do? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Jesus the Christ, for there is no other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. But the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. I am God. Every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall swear. We saw that. Jesus is God. He, Jesus claimed to be the Lord God. He claimed to be the Christ Messiah. He claimed to be the living God. He claimed salvation. He claimed power for life and death. He claimed worship. He claimed forgiveness of sins. He gives eternal life. Even the Pharisees wanted to stone him for blasphemy because he claimed to be God. Who is Jesus according to the Bible? You can't escape it. You can't escape it. You cannot read the Bible by itself and come to any other conclusion other than Jesus is God. You have to be taught those heresies to deny his divinity. There are many false religions out there. Mormonism says Jesus is just some lesser spirit brother of, of Lucifer. Born out of God, having endless celestial sex with goddesses. Jehovah's Witnesses say Jesus is Michael the archangel. Seventh-day Adventists said that they say you gotta help Jesus save you because he can save you. That, that you're, you're, You have to believe in Jesus and help him by maintaining the law and the commandments, doing good works, and you're then judged for all your good works. They actually reduce his sovereignty. Catholicism reduces his sovereignty. And elevate his mother as the one that does all of the work. Jesus is an incompetent baby. You atone for your own sins in purgatory. Islam says Jesus is just some lesser prophet who didn't even die on the cross. Hinduism says Jesus is just maybe some holy man or maybe a lesser demigod. He's not really that important. Buddhism says maybe he was just some holy man. That's it. Atheism denies he existed. What the Bible says, the prophet says, the prophets say, He is God. So, where in the Bible does Jesus say, I am God, worship me? How big is your notebook? How big is your notebook? Go through this broadcast again, write down the references, look it up. Jesus says multiple, multiple times. Go through our study on the Gospel of John series and go through the Gospel of John, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, it'll blow your mind how many times Jesus claims divinity and claims divine power, claims divine names, and teaches only divine things that only God can do. Jesus is God, the only true God in eternal life. So there you go. I just wanted to go through this to show you this to challenge you, to challenge your reasoning. Who is your Jesus? Who are you believing in? That, that when it comes down to the line, who is on the cross for you? Someone who is incompetent and needs your help to assist him to save you? Someone who needs his mommy? Someone who's just an angel? That was just an angel on the cross? That was just a prophet on the cross? That was just some holy man on the cross? You see, many say say that he's the Son of God, but he's not God. He's the Christ Messiah, but he's not God. He's the Savior, but not God. He's the Lord, but not God. Well, he is the Son of God. He is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the Savior. He is the Lord, but there's something else. There's something else. What else? There's one specific thing about Jesus that sets him apart from every single other belief system of the entire world. That if you get this one thing wrong, it'll cost you your eternal soul. Jesus flat out says, if you do not believe that I am, He'll die in your sins. It's a mandatory requirement to believe in the divinity of Jesus Christ for your salvation. So there you go. Any comments, questions, issues, insights on that, please go ahead and ask me. Now, there are a lot of people out there. A lot of people with... Fancy names and titles and certifications and doctorates and master's degrees and diplomas and and the big fancy titles, huge churches. They've written tons of books and all that other stuff. And they could be famous, famous names and powers and people or whatever that say that Jesus isn't God. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you are. It doesn't matter how powerful you are. It doesn't matter how much education you've had. It doesn't matter if you could be a high grandmaster, doctor of divinity, theology, whatever else. It doesn't matter how many books you've written, how many people follow you, how successful and powerful you are. If you deny the deity of Jesus Christ, you're a false prophet, false teacher. You're a worker of evil doctrines of devils leading people astray into a gospel of hell. Because the Bible says, and any child can pick this thing up, read that, and see Jesus is God, and be more accurate to the scriptures than any high grandmaster doctor could be. Anyone who challenges the divinity of Jesus Christ is an agent of Satan. As a false apostle, deceitful worker, preaching damnable heresies, is what the Bible says. Galatians 1, 8 to 9, but though we are an angel from heaven should preach any other gospel unto you, let them be accursed. They are accursed of God that deny these things. We're saved by grace, through faith, by belief, alone, period. And Jesus is the Christ, the mighty God, manifested in the flesh, period. And anyone who challenges challenge that does not know our Lord. And they will stand before the Lord and they'll be screaming, Lord, Lord. And Jesus say, But I never knew you. They say, But 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 Lord, Lord, have we not done many wonderful works in thy name? Have we not prophesied in thy name? Have we not cast out devils in thy name? It's not by works, not by righteous works, not by works of the law. And Jesus says, But I never knew you. You're trusting your religiosity, your good works, and your righteous works and your law keeping. Yes, my name is powerful and can cast out devils, but if you do not believe, uh, like who I am, I don't know you. Your name is not found written. If you do not believe that I am, you'll die in your sins. Your religiosity, your traditions, your protocols, your good works, it, all of that, going to church, reading your Bible, praying, being a good person, keeping the Ten Commandments, working in charity and, and all that other stuff. is all good, fine, and dandy, but that doesn't save you. Your water baptism doesn't say you can't replace the blood of Jesus with water. You must be born of spirit. It's a washing of regeneration, renewing of the Holy Ghost. The baptism of fire of the Holy Ghost, Titus 3, 5. That the Spirit of God comes upon you when you believe in the gospel, Ephesians 1, 13, Who redeems you by his blood, Ephesians 1, 7. By the confession of his name, Romans ten nine to 10 Acts 16, 30, 31. Jesus is God period. And any who challenge that will cry, Lord, more. What are you going to cry when you stand before the Lord on that great judgment day and the roll call is given out? Is your name going to be spoken out of the Lamb's book of life? If you do not believe that Jesus is God, If you do not believe in the divinity of Jesus Christ, that Jesus is the Christ, the mighty God manifest in the flesh, if you don't believe that, your name is not going to be spoken. Name not found written. How do you know if you were born again saved? If you have any doubts, if you have any wonderings, what does the Bible say? 1 John 5.13, that ye may know that ye have eternal life because ye believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. How can you know if you're saved because you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ according to Scripture for salvation from your sins? You see that you're a sinner and you need to be saved, that he died for your sins upon the cross. So without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord because he so loved you that God purchased the church in his own blood. Behold, the Lamb of God which will take away the sin of the world, said John the Baptist, pointing at Jesus the God so loved the world, he fashioned a body for himself. He came down, was born of a virgin in Bethlehem, called the mighty God to save his people from their sins. And his days are prolonged. He was resurrected to show he, conquers, he can conquer life and death. He has power, life and death. He gave himself for you because he so loved you. Because you cannot atone for yourself. You cannot save yourself. You cannot be good enough for yourself. For there's none good, no, not one. All are fallen away. All have become corrupt. There's nothing to do with good. No, not one. All of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. Your sin condemns you. Your sin separates you. When you look at Jesus, who atoned for you, the atonement for our sins and not for ours only, but us for the sins of the whole world, because he so loved you, he made a way for you to believe on him, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, the Savior, God, manifest in the flesh, because he so loves you. God is not willing that any should perish, but God commands all men everywhere to repent. Repent and believe the gospel, and thou shalt be saved. Look to Jesus, for in him there is only salvation. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. What must I do to be saved? Acknowledge that you're a sinner. Come to the Lord. Tell him you're a sinner. Acknowledge this. Look at the law, how you're condemned. The law condemns, but Christ saves the blood of Jesus Christ, the atonement for sin, was shed for you, was shed for many. That all who come to him he will no wise cast out. Come to the Lord, for by grace are ye saved through faith. Grace that, which is the absence of self. That's the unmerited favor of God that I didn't merit it. I didn't earn it. It's not a reward. I don't deserve it. But he gave it to me anyways because he so loved me. By grace, I saved through faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I can't touch it. I can't affect it. It's trusting belief. For by grace, are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Titus 3.5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but by, but by his mercy he saved us, by the washing of regeneration, renewing of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God comes upon us, washes us clean. How? By believing faith and by the mercy of God. Galatians 2.16, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. For even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. So not by works, not by righteous works, not by works of the law. And you can't do anything to affect this, but believe by faith. You're justified by faith through the grace of God. Salvation is through the Lord God, Jesus Christ, by grace, through faith, through belief alone. That's what scripture says. But every single other Belief system in the entire world, other than true born again Christianity, is a works based system. I got to do something to earn salvation, I got to do something to maintain, to keep my salvation, I have to do something to atone for my own sins. But God says, By grace, he's saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works. If I could lose my salvation or having it taken away, then that denotes I have to do works to keep it. And I can't replace the blood of Jesus Christ as the atonement with water. Water baptism doesn't save you. It doesn't wash away your sins. It doesn't seal with the spirit of God. Your belief in Jesus Christ does, Ephesians 1.13, in whom ye also trusted. After that ye he heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, you were sealed in that Holy Spirit of promise. Ephesians 1, seven in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins by the riches of his grace. Your sins are forgiven, you're sealed by the Spirit of God, by belief in the gospel alone. That's what the word of God says. But many others will tell you, no, you got to do something. You got to maintain something. You got to keep commandments. You got to get water baptized. You got to have spiritual experiences. You have to do this, do that, maintain this, keep that, keep this. No, the word of God says no. It's by grace, through faith, by belief alone in the Lord God Jesus Christ alone. There are many, 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 many ways in this world. There are many different Christ, different Jesuses, many, many different gospels. But there's only one way, one truth, one life. The way is narrow, and it's as narrow as the word of God is thick. What the word of God says is the final absolute authority in all aspects of faith and practice of faith. If what you're believing contradicts a single word of this, you're wrong. If your gospel does not line up with the gospel of the word of God, by grace, be saved through faith in the Lord God, Jesus Christ, Then your gospel is a gospel of hell and you're not saved, you've been deceived, you've been fooled, you've been lied to, you've been manipulated by devils, repent of that. Turn away from that and turn to the only true God and eternal life, Jesus Christ. According to the word of God of salvation, by grace, through faith, by belief alone, You can't do anything. You can't bring anything to the altar. Your works, your righteousness, your deeds, your goodness, nothing. You can't bring anything to the altar. What do you possibly have that can be equal to the atonement of Jesus Christ? What could you possibly do that could be equal to his atonement? He said it is finished. It's done. It's over. He atoned his blood, his merit, his righteousness, his work. What could you possibly do to help him? What could you possibly bring that could assist him? You can't assist Jesus with anything. You're not atoning for anything. Purgatory is a lie. It's not even in the Bible. It's made up. You come to the Lord as a sinner, realizing you're a sinner and you need to be saved. That Jesus is the only way. God Almighty manifested in the flesh is the only way. What does Jesus say? Jesus, I... Am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. There is none other. Worship only the Lord thy God, and Him only shalt thou serve. Jesus was worshipped so many times. He forgave sins multiple times, claimed the names of God multiple times, raised the dead, cast out devils, rebuke Satan. Who's Jesus? Jesus on the cross. Jesus on the cross. Many people try to use what he said on the cross. When Jesus hanging on the cross, he says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? They say, see, that's proof right there. He's not God because he's calling on God. Jesus is quoting Psalm 22. Psalm 22. Go read it. Verse 1. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Psalm 22 verse 1. Because Psalm 22 is a prophecy about the crucifixion, about the death of the Christ Messiah. Jesus on the cross is calling out that first line of Psalm 22 verse 1 so all the people there would realize who he is, that the Christ Messiah of Psalm 22 is hanging on the cross. He's not denying deity. He's claiming it. Who is Jesus according to the word of God? He's God. Jesus is the author. We see Jesus, you've heard of all time, it it said this, but I say unto you. Of all time, this, but I say unto you. This is the New Testament in my blood, changing the dispensation. Who has authority to change the law but the author? Jesus is God. You can't use scripture to deny it. You have to twist the word of God like a devil. Like in the Temptation of the Wilderness, Satan quoted Scripture to try to tempt Jesus, to try to trick Jesus. Satan knows what the Bible says. He knows how to twist it and manipulate it and flip it and invert it and corrupt it and pervert it. You have to pervert the Word of God to remove the divinity of Jesus. You have to flip Scripture upside down to deny the deity of Jesus Christ. You have to do demonic doctrines of inversion of scripture to, to preach that Jesus isn't God. People like Joyce Myers, who says, he says Jesus stopped being the son of God on the cross and became sin incarnate. How can God stop being God? Kenneth Copeland says the same thing. Uh, uh, and uh, William Branham, the preacher of the serpent seed did uh, demonic satanism doctrine denies the deity of jesus christ and tons of others the pope even even reduces the sovereignty of jesus tons of others and we see tons and tons and tons and tons of others big fancy powerful names saying jesus and god reducing his sovereignty reducing his divinity who would do that but a devil who would do that but a devil I present you one more. This will be a shock to tons of people. I did a post on on multiple media platforms. Doctor Martin Luther King, MLK, Doctor Martin Luther King says to say that the Christ is divine is. And ontological in, in an ontological sense is actually harmful and detrimental. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. says that says that the divinity, the belief of the divinity of Jesus Christ is harmful and dangerous. Big names that have big history that tons of people uphold. But what does God say? What does God say? What do you say? What do you believe? What is the gospel according to God? Who is Jesus according to God? Even the devils know who he is. Jesus, thou son of the most high God, we know who thou art. Have you come to torment us before the time Who is the one that torments them at the time of judgment, sitting on the throne? The king of kings, lord of lords, the judge of judges, who binds up the devils and casts them in the lake of fire. We know who thou art. Even the devils know. Even the devils believe that Jesus is God. Do you? So there's some thoughts for you, some scripture for you, some arguments for you about the gospel of Jesus Christ according to Jesus. The identity of Jesus according to Jesus. What do you believe? Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. You're not entitled to your own facts. You could believe whatever you want, but you're going to have to pay the consequences of your choice. And if your beliefs, if your doctrines, if your theologies, if your ideologies and opinions and assertions and whatever else, do not line up with the Word of God. I don't care what catechisms, councils, and commentaries and creeds and other people say in their books say. I don't care what they say. I care what this says. And I presented to you an argument of using only Bible. We proved beyond shadow of a doubt. Jesus is God according to the word of God. Make sure you believe that. If you're not sure, let today be the day of salvation. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Just turn to the Lord. Dear Lord Jesus, I accept you as my God and Savior. please. Forgive me of my sins and save me. It's that simple. It's that simple. All who come to him, he'll noise cast out. The Lord reaches out with his hands of grace and mercy. It doesn't matter what you've done. Saul, a murderer of the church and blasphemer of Christ, became the apostle Paul. God can forgive all sins, shall be forgive, forgiven them to the sons of men, and all blasphemies, they shall blaspheme. It doesn't matter what you've done. God says in Ezekiel eighteen four, I own all the souls. All souls are mine, God says. You can't sell your soul to the devil. You can't sell what you don't own. He forgives all sins. If you gives all blasphemies, if you just come to him, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hebrews eight twelve: and I'll be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. He'll forgive and forget all your sins. you come to him and ask him to save you. Believe on the Lord God, Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. It's that simple. So please, Give this some thought. What does the Bible say? Believe only the word of God. Because so many people get it wrong. Don't base your doctrines on what other people think and say. Don't base your doctrines on other books and, and other teachings and other doctrinal statements and, and catechisms and councils. Don't base your theology on anything else but strict only Bible. Because God can't make mistakes. And there have been a slew. A mass huge number. Of big powerful fancy named people. Who've all gotten it wrong. People with high educations. And powerful titles. And positions and offices. Who've got it completely wrong. If ignorant fishermen. Unlearned ignorant fishermen called of God, appointed by God, write this. And God says it's preserved unto all generations. That God spoke his word to them and told them what to write, and they wrote it down. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation, but the scriptures came not in old time by the will of men, but holy men of God, spake as they are moved by the Holy Ghost. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for proof, for correction, for instruction, and in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished into all good works. Word of God alone. Sola scriptura. So there you go. I hope that this broadcast has cleared up some, some ideas, some thoughts. I hope this has given you some ammo for your own arguments, your own apologetics, and your uh, evangelism. Please rewatch this. Share this around. Share this around. Let people know what the Word of God says. Don't ever be afraid of defending this doctrine of the deity of Jesus Christ because the Word of God backs you up. And there is so, so much scripture that backs it up. If you want to see more, please make sure you check out our playlist series on the Gospel of John walkthrough, our exposition on the Gospel of John. We go verse by verse by, by chapter all the way through the whole book of John. And and it, you would not believe how much the Gospel of John proves the divinity of Jesus Christ. Go check that out. So God bless you, folks. God bless all those who love our Lord God, Jesus Christ. God bless all those who love his holy word. Hope to see you again. And if you appreciate this study, please give this a like, give us a thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe, hit notification bell icon so you know we put up new videos. God bless you, folks. Check out all our other platforms and playlists and other stuff on there. And God bless you. Hope to see you again. And as always, if I don't see you again, I'll see you in the sky. God bless.